Welcome back, Hooligans, once again for another riveting episode of Movie How. My name is Joe. It's joined, as always, by my stunning and brilliant co-host, Ryan. He is my, my Doc Holiday to my wider. <laughs> so we're we're doing this today. We're gonna we're gonna do Tombstone, a uh, bit of an older movie, not mm, spaghetti western old, but as far as any what I consider modern westerns, uh, it is it is my hands down favorite western movie of all time. You any anything is there? Is it no, maybe, I'm just waiting for you to be like. I don't, I don't actually. I'm just waiting for you to be like. All right, that's my review. Uh, totally a watch. All right, bye. <laughs> <laughs> bye, everybody. Because you kind of got into it right away, yeah. Uh, this, first off, huge compliment, Doc Holliday. Doc Holliday, this, you know, the, the what, Val Kilmer, right? Mm-hmm. Version of Doc Holliday is one of the greatest movie characters ever, in my opinion. Maybe that's because I saw this movie in more formative years. Mm, maybe. But I just love so much about his personality, and there's a few little things that I identify with, too. Like, you know, I don't love... The whole like chess or quoting things being a, a you know shorthand thing that movies do to show that a character is intelligent. Mm-hmm. But when the two of them, um, Doc and God, I forget one of the one of the guys who's part of the Cowboys gang. I know exactly who you're talking about. They, uh, they have this Johnny little, Ringo. Like, yeah, they have this little back and forth, and they're speaking Latin to each other. But I think they're really just quoting stuff. You know, probably I don't think it's like a real conversation. I remember seeing like an analysis of that scene a while back, but I love when Ringo starts like swinging his gun around, like spinning it and doing all these tricks. And then Doc just takes his little like his special tuberculosis, like shot cut glass, like little mm-hmm. tin cup thing and spins that on his finger and then like puts that away. It's one of the greatest moments in that movie. Oh, my God. It's, it's so, so good. The, the 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 dynamic between those two. It, there's a lot about this movie that I like. Now, there's there are parts of this movie that I believe are a little dated, a little hokey. Some different things that they do that is it's just it is what it is. Yeah. But the things that they get right in this, starting from the very outset, the opening of this movie really just sets the pace of the entire thing. Um, it's the little bit of dialogue that comes up beforehand talking about the background of what you're about to watch and uh, all these outlaws, they form a band called the Cowboys. uh, And then boom, you get hit with this music, uh, a a ride of all these men on horses. And it's just, it's just go time from, from the very outset of this, you know, you are in for a ride and it really, you, you really are. You're taking on quite a, quite the journey with this movie um, you're meeting characters who are not nobody's nobody's new to the game in this. You're not you're not meeting you're like, oh, you've got the old weathered man training the new younger guy who's gonna learn everything and he's gonna come into his own. And it's none of that. All the people who are in this, for the most part, they've they've already done everything. And it's just a story of them just how how everything falls into place. You've got this these brothers, Wyatt Earp and his brothers, who they just want to retire. And they want to, you know, make their way in the world now that they're done doing the lawman thing. And they just get pulled into this world again of... It's what everybody thinks of as the, the Western world, that time frame, which 
I have to say, if you're going to talk about that time frame, I'm I'm really glad to be living when I'm living. Maybe yeah. a thousand years from now, people will look back on us like, I can't believe people used to live like that. But not that long ago, a couple hundred years ago, people were living like dirt. Like it was yeah. hard, hard living for humans up until the past couple 150-ish years was hard living for most human beings around the everywhere even some of the best like even some of the poorest people here in our great country live better than kings 800 years ago right so yeah. you know you're talking about western times is just dirty and filthy and disease any of that short life expectancy mm-hmm. terrible food like my i just i went through a gas station earlier and i got a steak and cheese taquito <laughs> that would be a delicacy just 100 or 200 years ago right oh goodness <laughs> so yeah this this world that you're brought into and yeah it could have been when it part of it is going to be rose colored glasses only because of when we were introduced to this movie mm-hmm. but I mean, I had seen things before then. My dad introduced me to plenty of Westerns, uh, Clint Eastwood, John Wayne, uh, watching Silverado, things like that. And just this, nothing hit like this did for me. And I, I haven't yet found anything else to displace it among my favorite of all Westerns. It's, it's good. When it's good, it's, it's so good that I'm not I'm not interested in anything displacing it if I'm honest. One of my favorite parts about this is the again the bad guys. Bad guys doing bad guy stuff. Yeah. Powers Booth. This is probably my first introduction to that actor. I don't remember seeing him in anything before this and he was he was just great as the leader of the Cowboys. Yeah. Liked him a lot. But you've got him, you've got Kurt Russell, uh Sam Elliott, Bill Paxton, and uh, we said Val Kilmer, but playing this, this is Val Kilmer's defining role as far as I'm concerned. Like, I know he got to play uh, Jim Morrison in the Doors movie, and, you know, that was, eh, whatever. It it was what it was. Not really, not really my kind of thing. I like some of the Doors music, but other than that, I really don't give a crap. I kind of feel the way uh, Dennis Leary when he talked about Jim Morrison. Yeah. Drunk I'm nobody, I'm drunk, I'm famous, I'm drunk, I'm dead. Uh, uh, that was that was Jim Morrison. Yeah. But this this role for him, and I mean you was one of the first things you pointed out. He 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 is Doc Holiday. And I know plenty of other actors have done it, played Doc. Nobody will, in my mind, replace when I think of Doc Holiday, this character. One of the greatest movie characters played that has ever been right. And I think a part of why the movie is so good is that it's not exactly the standard Western formula. There's usually like the stranger who comes to town. It's like a Mm. samurai thing. You know, there's a lot of like manga and anime episodes that are like that. A mysterious person comes to town and whatever, they solve some problem. You know, a lot of actually, now that I'm thinking about a lot of anime that I watched as a kid, was about that, you know, the main character going from place to place, being the person who does that stuff, like being the one who, you know, comes in, finds something wrong, solves that problem. And it's 
Westerns are different in that usually you're seeing it from the perspective of like somebody in the town is getting to know this person. In particular, I'm thinking of like Shane. That's probably one of the first like Westerns Mm -hmm. that I saw that I really liked. And it's very much that it's this mysterious person who is very skilled and eventually just has to do his thing and then move on. Mm -hmm. And this, like you're saying, it's taking historical people and making characters of them because we already know them. Right. Like there's an established lore that they don't really have to mess with too much, but it's refreshing. Like you said, to not see the, you know, rookie learning from something or somebody being torn down just so they can be built back up later. Like to just see everybody doing their best in like this chess game of moving against each other and feigning like you're doing this when you're really planning something else. Like there's a lot to it that is just better written than most of Mm -hmm. what we get now. Yeah. Like they do a good job of really showing you as far as at least the main characters, uh, I would say, and even some of the supporting characters really showing you kind of who they are based on actions and what they do. One of the very, in the very first introduction of uh, white Earp, there's a guy trying to get a horse off of this uh, train car. And he's, he's got this rope thing and he's grabbing it by the reins. He's trying to pull it off and it's being kind of stubborn. So he's, he's hitting him with this rope thing that he's got. And white Earp just comes, this man just comes and snatches it out of his hand and then hits him in the face with it. Hurts, don't it? And then just takes the horse away. Like yeah. you just, you're immediately, oh, okay, he's this kind of guy. And I mean, it's white herb. So that's what you think of. And he's not there to, he turns down every, every official that he meets, the county sheriff, the city sheriff, the mayor. And they're all, oh, hey, we were thinking, nope, not interested, not doing it. I already did, yeah. I already did my time. You know, I never, never melted, uh, what, what was the quote? Uh, Never seen a rich man didn't have a guilty conscience. Well, I already got a guilty conscience. May as well have the money, too. (laughs) Yeah. So just there to him, his brothers, they're all married. They just want to live their lives now. They've they've done their part. They want to make their way in the world and, you know, actually enjoy themselves. And there were some little parts in here played by people who I didn't actually, you didn't know them at the time. You've got Thomas Hayden Church playing uh, one of the, Clanton's he was Billy Clanton and I didn't I don't think even I even really realized until this time that uh Ike Clanton who's one of the just most memorable characters in this movie because of just the kind of tries to be the bully yet is really cowardly he's yeah. that character I didn't realize he's played by Stephen Lang who was the bad guy in Avatar and I've seen him in several other things uh-huh but he was so much younger in this movie, but they did him up with Ike Clanton to look older. So I just never knew until doing research for this. Oh my, that's that guy. I just never could see it. So that was neat to see. And then you had, uh, well, I knew Jason Priestley. I recognized him because of watching 9210 when I was much younger. So I recognized him in it, but it was probably my first introduction to Billy Bob Thornton who played the uh, card dealer that Wider goes into some, he's talking to some, the the town sheriff about, oh, and then you've got the Oriental, this nice place, but nobody goes in there. And so he just walks off. His brother's like, 
<laughs> brother's like, where are you going? What? Oh, I guess he's going to go do his thing. Yeah. And a, a very, very good scene in just that. And it's really, this movie does a good job of show, don't tell. And it, it's really nice to, I've been watching a lot of movies recently, and there have been some that I've watched that have done that. And some of them a little bit older movies that they don't spend the time to tell you what something is. Like I just recently watched uh, Boondock Saints mm-hmm. and one of the characters in it, uh, this bartender, older guy, the guy who was actually the uh, only human character in the old television show, Fraggle Rock, this old man character, he plays a bartender in Boondock Saints, but he has Tourette's and he's doing this Tourette's thing and he's cursing and he's got this tick. They don't, they, they never say anything about it. They never address it at all. And I don't feel like they do that in movies anymore. If that were to happen, somebody in the movie would have to say something about it for the people in the audience who don't know what's going on just so they could know what's going on. But you don't need to do that. Like, you don't need to dumb everything down. Everything is so watered down and dumbed down for society now. It's amazing that we have any people like an Elon Musk. people who are so smart and pushing the boundaries so far, uh, we could possibly have more people like that if we weren't doing things in society that just that's all we're trying to do is dumb things down for everybody. Warning labels on everything. Like you don't, I mean, guess what? If you touch something hot, you get burned. I don't need a bunch of warnings for it. Somebody does it one time. They won't do it again. Well, if they do do it again, you know, you know what kind of person you're dealing with. But this movie was like that. In the fact that it, it doesn't necessarily have to hold your hand storytelling. You're just watching it and you're seeing how things go down. Like the very first scene when you're introduced, before you're introduced to any of the good guys, you're introduced to the bad guys. Introduced to the cowboys and what they're all about. And they go uh, to some, there's some wedding going on. Big celebration and the bride and groom come out and the, the groom immediately sees what's going on. These people have ridden up. He recognizes the red sash thing and uh, Powers Booth is Curly Bill Brosey. So good. Y'all killed two cowboys. And then they just they just start laying into him. And it's not pleasant for anybody in the town. They sit down at this feast and just the things that happen. It's there's little characters in it and everybody's got their own little personality and they don't. I don't think they overplay anything. They don't try to hit you over the head with any of it. Well, this character is this kind of guy, and this character is that kind of guy. By just doing it over and over and over again, the the way this was done, it's I gotta partly be why I enjoyed it so much. Because even with some of the things that it does that are a little campy, and there's not a lot of those, but there's a few moments like that. But they're they're so outshined by the performances in this movie. And the way it's written and everything, all the the costumes, the cinematography. This is this is a well done piece right here. Right. The only moment that I can think of is the no thing where Kurt Russell just runs out into the middle of that stream. It's one of the only yes. parts of that movie I don't like. And I know it's like famous that it's a weird scene in the middle of this. It really is. But yeah, there's so much like you're saying that's shown and not told like the relationship between Wyatt and his wife. Mm -hmm. I really like that. That you see that the other two are happy. The other two couples, his brothers and their wives, they're happy They They love each other. 
him and his wife, there's some weird tension and they're not saying anything, but she needs laudanum, mm-hmm. which is a mixture of opium dissolved in some kind of alcohol. Yeah. Opium, uh, opium and booze. Yes. Yeah. And so she's using it for headaches. And he's like, oh, uh-huh. maybe quote unquote. Yeah. Headaches. And so we just see throughout the movie that she's using this stuff. And she's acting kind of strangely, and it's clear that they're not happy with each other. Like, he tries to get close to her, and she pulls away. She tries to get close to him, but she sees that he's kind of got his eye on Dana Delaney's character, Josephine, mm-hmm. or the, whatever the actress's name is. Yep. And I just really like that there's no point where one of the brothers like sits him down, like you're saying, and has this talk about it and discusses it. You see what's happening. You see that there's no good guy or bad guy in that relationship. They have problems. It's not like he's cheating or anything. It's not like she's doing anything too terrible. It's like her drug use is driving him away. Him being driven away is causing him to look at other people, which only makes it worse. Mm -hmm. So, and I also, I just like that everybody's so distinct. Yes. Everybody has their own way of acting, their own, you know, it's very easy once you've seen the movie once or twice to say, this is what Morgan would do. This is what Wyatt would do. This is what Doc would do. This is what like the county sheriff would do, you know? Yeah. And I like that, that there are even these little character moments with the villains. Like you're talking about, I like mm-hmm. that they start with the villains. They show what they're like. And you know, they, they're seeing that Faust production <laughs> and he, you know, that they're asking Ringo like, you know, what would you do if you were going to trade your soul? And he's like, I already did it. Yep. <laughs> like, I love that scene. And I love the part where Doc is talking about, you know, why it's like, what kind of man would do this? And Doc just starts talking about it. And there's a lot. Yeah, there's just a lot about Doc that I like. And yeah, I think he- a li- just a little bit of it. I used to play Wolfenstein enemy territory on right. a server. I was in a clan. I was with, you know, God, I forget what it was, but it was I don't even know if they use that term anymore. I think now they just call it teams, but back in the day it used to be clans. So we're like clan specific servers, but we were in this group and like the server that we had, had a bunch of custom chat options. So you'd have like the, there was no voice chat because it was a long time ago, but there'd be like, you could do text chat or you could do like quick sort of chats where it's like enemy over here or enemy in disguise Mm -hmm. or we need an engineer or whatever else. Right, right. Sure, sure. But they would do custom ones where they would have their own, text and their own audio in it and a lot of them were tombstone quotes <laughs> and i remember the one was like i got two guns one for each of you you're so drunk but you couldn't you couldn't even hit me <laughs> yeah it's there's so much that that movie i don't know it's one of those ones that sticks with you it does and it's i mean you could if you just want to to boil it down to super simple it's been it's been overquoted I'd say, which is kind of a shame, but doesn't really bother me because of how worthwhile most of the quotes are. Like there, it's just I've seen some of the memes recently that you know involves usually Doc Holliday. They're just I don't I don't really mind it because it's it's a it's a cultural thing. It was it was so well done for the time that it came out that it's. It's not going away. Any any new, you know, young man who sees that movie, generally they're probably going to like it as much as we did. Mm-hmm. Like it's just, 
It's just that kind of film. And I mean, ugh, they're they're small, little little things that they do that as the story develops and you're just, you know, there's the idea of what they want to have happen. What they've got three brothers and what their goals are. You've got Doc and he's got his own goals, the thing, him and his woman, what they're doing. You've got the Cowboys and, and what they're doing and how everything just kind of their paths are just destined to cross. Like there's no, there's almost no getting around it. Like the oldest brother, uh, Sam Elliott in this movie, who's, I mean, Sam Elliott, he's great in everything. It's mm-hmm. Sam Elliott. Um, he has a line where he's like, when I, when I see the people of this town, look at me, it's like, it's, it's like somebody smacking me in the face. Like, and we're here, we're here making money off of it. And he just, like he's he's too good of a man to just to live like that. Like I, but you understand. It's like you you understand why it's thought process of wanting to stay out of it. Like just when uh, there's a scene where Curly Bill he's in an opium den and then he goes out and you hear him shooting off guns and he's like shooting at people and shooting up in the air and just whatever just. Something that shouldn't be allowed to happen, even in that time period. You can't just let that happen. Right. And they're all in uh, the Earps uh, saloon. You know, they're they're part owners now of the Oriental, and they're in there and they're doing their jobs. And the sheriff is in both sheriffs, the county and the city sheriff, are in there. And oh, that's not a this is a town matter. It's not a county matter. It's a town matter. And so one of the sheriffs has to go out there and deal with it. And why it's like, how about you just let it go? Like, he just really is trying to distance himself from anything that has to do with that. Mm-hmm. Like, letting when there's a confrontation between him and Curly Bill earlier than that, it's it, during the scene that you mentioned with uh, Johnny Ringo and Doc Holliday and their first real interaction between these two opposing sides of this movie. And White Earp tries to just get across to the big boss man that we don't want any part of this man we're here to do this and make money you do whatever the hell you're gonna do but they just end up getting pulled into it regardless because they're they're good people yeah they, and they just can't, can't help themselves they they just can't like even he's the one who when the scene i'm talking about something happens and wide herp is the first one that goes running out there to take control of that situation and handle it like they just can't help themselves it's in their nature to do it and there's this movie's got you know it's a western so there's there's good action good gun scenes and you know firefights it it's got a lot but it's not just that it's one of the best parts about this movie there's you've got the romance uh between Kurt Russell and Dana Delaney's characters, which the first introduction of her character, I always liked that scene. You've got Billy Zane, which was, I think the first time I was ever introduced to him and him and her, they're like partners in this acting troupe, I guess they just roam around and do this. And there's a little scene with her and him. And they see the, the Earp brothers all standing there. And there's some, uh, a little talking with those two back and forth as they're they're viewing the scene that's going on in front of them, and that was really nice. But the the relationship between those two it's still 
I mean, part of this boils down to it's kind of a love story. Like there is a lot of elements that are involved in this movie. It's not, it's certainly not a straightforward, as straightforward as a fistful of dollars. You know, old Clint Eastwood, come in, kill bad guy, go away. Like, or get beat up and then, you know, have to have to start all over again and build yourself up, go on this epic tale of revenge through the whole army of bad guys until you get to the head bad guy. That's, I mean, that's basically John Wick's story right there. Right. Would not, the, not that that doesn't make those worthwhile in and of themselves. Those are, I mean, there's still a place for all of that, but this is just so much more than any of that. So, I, I mean, I feel like we're just doing nothing but heaping praise on this movie. It's really hard not to like, yeah, I'd like to try and pick, as I said, besides some small nitpicky things. And the thing you mentioned is easily one of those. There's the scene when they're pinned down at a stream. It's a showdown between the Cowboys and Wyatt's guys. Yes. And there's like four on Wyatt's side and like maybe eight on the Cowboy side. Yeah. Or more. Yeah. And they've got them in a crossfire. Yeah. So it's a, it's a real bad situation for the heroes of the movie. And yeah, that what happens in that scene, it's just, it is really weird why it goes out there and like, it's just, it's just smoking fools and Curly Bill's like, no, I'm, I'm going to go do this. And he's going to go handle it himself. And like his gun is up, like Curly, his gun is already pointed at him. And all of a sudden from down, he's holding his shotgun down. There's this slow motion. No. And he like slow motion brings it up, blows away the, the leader of the Cowboys. And it's just compared to everything else that had gone on in that movie. It was really weird. It was a little cartoonish. Yeah, it was. It would, we, if it was a more modern movie, we would have complained about it as being like when, you know, Captain Marvel takes off that thing, that like restraining thing, then Mm -hmm. like unleashes her full power out of nowhere. It's like, why it went super saiyan and just ran out <laughs> for a hot second. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but other than that, there's not a lot to be complained about with this movie. No. Yeah. There's great characterization. Honestly, my probably most people's favorite character is doc though. Oh, for sure. Cause his motivation is the most selfless. He, he has no stake in any of it. He doesn't like Ringo, but that's about it. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he just does what he does because he likes Wyatt and his brothers. Yeah. Just, when, uh, one like of the, he, one of, he's just running uh, his scam and, uh, he's sick. Mm-hmm. And I, I had a flu watching it. So I had like a little bit of a different perspective <laughs> than I had before. It's like, man, when you're sick, especially if you're having a respiratory issue, like I have been like, it's rough trying to do much of anything. Especially the fact that as soon as they're doing anything, anything dangerous, he is right there. Right there. He's like, I'm coming with you. Like, And there's the probably my favorite line or my favorite exchange in the whole movie is when Doc's talking to one of the other guys that's with him and Wyatt. I was getting ready to, I was getting ready to bring that up. Absolutely. I know what you're going to yeah, say. Yeah, and he's saying, you know, what? what's in it for you, Doc? And he's like, Wyatt's my friend. And the guy's like, man, I got plenty of friends. And he goes, I don't. I, don't I just love right. that exchange. It's like, hell, I got a lot of friends. I don't. <laughs> it is. There's, there's, and I mean, why it's with him 
all the way through the end. Like he's when when he's broke, all they they've lost all their money. Everything is they they put everything into going after taking on the Cowboys, and he's he's still Doc Holliday's his buddy, and he he's going and playing cards with them, and you know keeping him company in this little hospital thing that he's in as he's dying of tuberculosis. It's there's a there's a lot to like about this movie, mm-hmm. and I mean I think basically we're we're doing this one, Halligans. For any of those who have not seen this, if you have not seen Tombstone, you have to watch it. If you are at all a fan of any guy movies or westerns or anything that just you just want to see something that's well written and good characters and well done, like if you a fan of any of that, watch this movie. Absolutely. And yeah, there's not I mean, much more. Yeah, like I it it's almost lame-ish when there's mm-hmm. the movie's so good and there's so many good things. I could probably talk about this and different aspects of it for a long time to come. I could just milk this for a while if we really wanted to talk about certain cinematography aspects, the way the director chose to do things and but don't really need to. You just need yeah. to get out, watch this movie. I've I've seen it so many. I have it on DVD. I I had it on DVD years ago, and I lost it somehow, whether in moving or I thought I let a buddy borrow it, but he's totally sure he he doesn't have it. And I had to, I bought it again recently because I saw it cheap in a bin somewhere, so I totally have it again. But it just popped up on Hulu. No, Prime. I think I was watching stuff on Prime, and oh, I just saw it pop up. And you know, we movies you might like. And that was one I'm like, okay, yeah, I'll just I'll just pop this on because I could have this running in the background anytime doing stuff and just listen to it. I I will say we didn't really talk enough about Ike Clanton. He's such a fun character in this movie. He's he's just the heel. He's just uh-huh. there to be disliked. And he plays it so well. He just he just how how would they put it? He just kind of sticks in your craw. <laughs> like he's not in, you know. He's not somebody that is you're ever comfortable around. He's just irritating and grating and tries to be tough, but he's full on deep down a coward. Yeah, he whines and he threatens. And then as soon as he's at a disadvantage, Mm -hmm. he gives up and begs for mercy and then gets up and he's like, oh, we're going to get you. Like, see, there's a little bit of me like sometimes we do complain about the choices the characters make in movies and whether they make sense or not. And the choice to keep letting Ike go is not a good (laughs) choice. But we've also talked about characterization. And killing Ike when he's asking for mercy is not something the Earp brothers would have done, right? All the decisions they made, even the wrong ones, are all things that make sense given their character. There's nothing Mm -hmm. that's like out of the blue that they do that doesn't make any sense. Like, like, you know, to go just to use Captain Marvel, since I already mentioned it as an example, there's all this stuff of like, stop using your emotions or whatever. Like they keep talking about her emotions, mm. but she's never emotional in the whole movie. <laughs> that makes no sense. There's there's right. no like there's clearly something that was left out of that movie or edited out or cut out or whatever that we're missing. But this feels complete, you know, like everything that happens, everything that's said, every every decision they make makes sense. It doesn't feel like there's anything left out of it it feels like a complete story and the filmmaker's vision actually made it mm-hmm. 
I feel like that's a thing that doesn't happen as often as it should that studios interrupting and making decisions based on what they think people are going to want, especially with the woke culture that we have right now yeah, and trying to appease certain groups versus just appeasing, especially when you're talking about franchises that have been around for a long, long time. And instead of trying to appease your core audience, no, we're, we're trying to appease certain groups and things like that. This movie doesn't do that. And it's just a hundred percent. I agree with you on the fact that it's, this is what they wanted to make. They absolutely, they had a vision for it. Good script, good actors. Everybody was on board and they did it. I will say though, whereas it would not be in the Earp brothers character to put Ike down while, uh, He's begging for his life. I think Doc might. Doc, yeah. Doc probably would have. I don't think Doc would have held back quite so much. (laughs) Yeah. But I don't know if there's a whole lot more I got for for Tombstone, I'm going to be honest. No. How about about you? Anything else? Any final thoughts you want to add? No. I, I, I would just end by saying, kind of recapping what we've already said, that it's a really well made movie, well shot, well acted, well written. The characters are consistent. The relationships are well laid out, you know, by by behavior, not just the way they talk to each other. You know, like I was just just on TV the other day. It was um, one of the Sherlock Holmes movies, uh, the Robert Downey Jr. ones. Okay. And there's a scene where the guy's telling him, you know, to pick up this gun it's like a modern looking gun but you know it's like 1885 or whatever yeah and the guy's telling him like you know that takes one of these and sherlock's like oh so you must retract a, and the guy while he's saying you must retract a bolt to engage the first round the guy does it and has the gun pointed at him and he goes easier done than said and in some cases establishing a character or relationship is easier done than said mm-hmm just to show the way they act around each other, the way they look at each other um, can tell a better story. And I, I also think that they did it without, I mean, this is back in the day. So they just made a movie that people would want to see. They weren't probably aiming at a specific audience, but they also didn't aim to change it. I mean, it's based off historical characters Mm -hmm. and I appreciate that they didn't try to modernize it to put modern values in it. You know, they didn't like a lot of them act terrible because they would have acted terrible back then. You know, it doesn't, you don't put your 1993 sensibilities into it just (laughs) the same way now. Like you don't, you know, it's not a great idea to take star Wars or whatever other franchise and try to appease somebody who has nothing to do with it. You know, you said that and it made me think of a, a lady who popped into my bar a couple weeks ago. She's like 75 and like three feet tall. Okay. And she was like, oh, you need a pool table in here. I was like, okay, are you going to come play it? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's, that is, that's a, that's a relevant analogy. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that's all I've got. All right. Halligans, uh, not going to be a super long one. Not super short. I mean, we like to talk about stuff. Yeah. But it's nice to get back to do it. We would like to try to make this, again, more of a weekly thing. Uh, we will we will do our, our very best. Mm-hmm. Next movie, um, I did promise my daughter we will be doing Twilight. 
So I'm going to apologize about that right now. Uh, but I, I've not seen it. Uh, Ryan is well acquainted with it. So I do look forward a little bit to watching it because I don't, I like Robert Pattinson. I yeah. never saw him in that. So I couldn't like have my opinion of him ruined before really getting to know him as an actor. Uh, and I've liked him in a lot of the things I've seen him in thus far. So this should be interesting. He's been in three of the movies we've reviewed so far. Yeah. Tenant and then Lighthouse. The Lighthouse, which is just insane. And The Batman. Yeah. So this will be God, will he be our most reviewed actor? Off We're gonna have to go. I might have to go through yeah. our, our stuff and watch and like look over it and to, to find out, pull some uh, six degrees of Kevin Bacon with this. It'd be him. Many... It'd probably be him or Willem Dafoe. Yep, Dafoe. Just based on how prolific each of them is, or J.K. Simmons, because he's mm-hmm. in every Spider-Man movie. He is. He isn't every Whiplash. Spider-Man movie. But yeah, as the movie I mentioned, only because I mentioned this before, I am really, really big. Like, I, I don't think I was as on board with Willem Dafoe when I was much younger as I am now. He is such a fantastic actor, and I love mm-hmm. him in almost everything I think I've ever seen him in. He was in Boondock Saints, and I didn't realize that before. Like, I thought I'd watched it, but I don't. I think maybe I started it but never finished it. And he's plays this, this FBI agent. It's really... He's a hell of a character in every, every role that he has. He really brings something to it so yeah, that was really fun but yeah I, i'd like to look up and see what actor single actor we've reviewed the most you know based on what movies we've reviewed but that's gonna be it for us here uh ryan where can they reach us if they'd really 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 like to they can email us at moviehowl at gmail.com and they can find us on twitter at moviehowl sounds good uh I, all of you thank you once again for listening halligans this is gonna be it for us i've been joe i've been ryan And we are 100% out.